What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Push the Tempo podcast, episode three. The NBA season's back, and it's been a, uh, a fun first few days of it. So today we've got a few different topics we just want to discuss. So without further ado, let's get right into it. All right, Kyle. So the first thing that we got is the OKC game with the Rockets has been postponed because somebody on the Rockets decided to get the virus. And obviously, I can't say they decided to. They must have had some situation where they got it. And because of that, multiple other players were in question. And now it's just a giant mess, and they had to postpone the game. What do you have to say for the situation, my guy, Kyle? So this is this kind of was inevitable. Um, it's happened in other sports leagues as well. You've seen with the NFL, multiple players have tested positive. I think the Denver Broncos had to play a game without an actual quarterback on their team because their whole quarterback room got the virus. So this was just a matter of time, but it happened on the second day <laughs> of the NBA season, which is kind of crazy. Um, there was obviously, and we just, and I don't want to keep talking about it because we talked about it like twice already, but the whole James Harden situation, it's already, it's getting worse. Um, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, and another Rocket player who I, I don't know their name decided to go get haircuts. And that kind of led back to the COVID tracing. So they were sent home to quarantine. It's just a huge mess. And uh, is it's to be determined what the NBA is going to do because if they don't come down with a um, what's the word if they don't come down with a like a harsh punishment you know players might not take it seriously but what do you think personally man I'm not too worried about this situation in particular I'm just worried about what the implications will be in the future like I really would hate to see the league have to shut down just because of this you know what I mean and on top of that like you said that whole situation with the the Denver Broncos and how they had no quarterback the NBA is not a, a league where you can have more than like three or four players just not being able to play because like, unlike the NFL where they have like a 50 man roster, NBA only has a 15 man roster. And I'm not even sure if the, the G league is active. So if like, if one player gets it, it's going to put half the team at risk. And because of that, it's just going to shut down the whole game. And the last thing I want to see as a fan is games getting shut down left and right and then postponed and the whole, it just, cause it's, it's just going to cause a whole mess. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. I just feel like like with that in mind, if players do break protocol and don't follow the guidelines that the NBA has set out, they're going to have to I don't want to I don't want to say punish them severely, but severely enough for like these guys to take the rules seriously because you got to remember that they're the top not only athletes, but they're like the elite in society. Like they make a shit ton of money. So like, you know what I mean? Fines like minuscule fines. Like for example, James Harden got fined 50k. Like to him, that's that's nothing. The man's on like a forty million dollar a year contract, so that's like mere. I don't want to say pennies, but like that's 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 chump change to him. So I feel like they gotta really come down with harsh harsh penalties to make sure these guys take these uh, these protocols seriously. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, one thing that they gotta be cautious with is all right. For example, like that penalty is nice and all, right? But like one thing that would be really good is if they were to like make it so if they were if they had, that player had missed a game they could possibly get suspended without pay and that would be a really good thing because you know obviously a player wouldn't want to miss a game but missing a paycheck and an opportunity to paycheck and play that's going to be a lot more detrimental to a player and it's going to be a more of a deterrent to kind of you know go out and do reckless things and i think that that would be a good punishment um but yeah they don't have a bubble this year so it's definitely something that's probably going to keep on repeating did you um did you see the whole James Harden Instagram uh post that he posted on his Instagram story? 
I actually funny. didn't. I actually didn't check it out to be honest. Um, <laughs> so it was um, after the whole report came out that James Harden had uh, like flaunted COVID regulations that the NBA had, and that he had tested positive during the summer. Uh, he posted on his story. Uh, it's something along the line of after another. Um, I went to I went to a function that one of one of my friends had at her event because and in quotations he said not a strip club because she's becoming a boss and putting her people in position of success and now it's a problem everything different no matter how many times people try to drag my name under you can't the real always end up on top it's like yeah every day it is something different because every day you decide to do some other dumb shit you know what i mean it's not like in the like and adam silver is going to be like oh you were attending your homegirls uh event because she's becoming a boss oh man why didn't you just say so that's not a problem you can go ahead and do whatever you want like no dude you got to follow the rules that the nba set out and it's really tone deaf that he's you know what i mean not taking it seriously in a time where it's affecting a lot of people like a lot of normal people who watch the games you know what i mean it's just it's in my opinion it's really tone deaf yeah no totally man it's just it's just one of those things that uh, in a fan's perspective it's out of the control I mean, really the only person that can really do something is like Adam Silver and obviously the players. So at this point, we're just kind of have, we're going to have to be on the sidelines just watching as we always have been, but you know, we can't really do anything about the situation, which just sucks, but it is definitely something that's kind of funny at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. All right. So let's, let's move on then. Uh, we're just going to discuss a couple games that have happened in the last two days. So let's start off with the Celtics and Bucks game. I know you're a Celtics fan, so why don't you give me your opinion on this game? Man, so we're going to look at the Celtics and Bucks game. And one thing that was super interesting to me as a Celtics fan is the Celtics play with so much pace as compared to before. Usually their games consist of a lot of defense on both sides of their teams. And this time they ended up with 122 points. And it's kind of crazy because most games for the Celtics end around 100 this one was really significant and stood out to me just because we were playing a good defensive team in the Bucs. So that showed me that the Celtics were playing with a lot more pace. And the thing to me that was the best thing that I saw as a fan was that the Celtics did not start chucking up threes at the end of the game in a closed game. And that's something that they've been doing for the past few years. And this time they played in their game. They played the same game that they played in the beginning and they finished it out strong. They would finish with that Jalen Brown layup. And then, a, I mean, I don't who's to say if it was luck or not, but, you know, Tatum hit a bank shot three to win the game. But I was really happy that my team didn't just start chucking up threes when they were down because that's something that they always used to do. I mean, if you look at that Miami Heat series in the playoffs, they did that. And that's kind of the reason why they used to, like, blow leads and stuff like that. So pretty happy as a Celtics fan. What do you think about that game? Yeah, no, uh, talking about the pace aspect that you were – uh, that you were mentioning, that's for sure true because in the first three quarters, Boston had three straight quarters scoring 30-plus. Obviously, Tatum was awesome. Um, Jalen Brown had a great game as well. Um, the Bucks, though, one thing that can't be lost is that they started coming back in that fourth quarter. And I know people are, all are bagging on Giannis for missing that free throw. And even I, I even texted you. I said, hey, Giannis is not going to hit both these free throws. And lo and behold, he missed one. But it can't be understated. He was great in that fourth quarter outside of that. He had 18 points, 7 of 10, 2 of 4 from 3, which is, I mean, he's that we all know he's not a shooter, but that's still great for him. But, yeah, Tatum hit that huge game uh, that – I shouldn't say game winning, but it was lead taking shot with 0.4 seconds left. That was that was a great game, like for sure. And obviously, it's the first game of the season, so you can't really tell much. But it was it was a it was a, it was a phenomenal game. 
Yeah, just uh, piggybacking off that, it definitely was a phenomenal game. One thing that – all right, one last thing on the Celtics before we move to the next game. Man, I was low-key a little disappointed, but at the same time pretty happy because my favorite player, as most of you guys know, is Marcus Smart. He only took three shots, and I'm going to be honest, that hurts me because I like to see success of my favorite players. But you know what? At the end of the day, Marcus Smart is known for his winning plays and things he does on defense. So maybe this is the formula for Boston, the new formula that's going to help them win more games. If Smart just takes a couple of less shots – sacrifices for the team i mean he was great on the defensive end he got three charges drawn on Giannis. so yeah pretty happy with that we'll see how this new formula works but um yeah do you want to move on to the next next game yeah for sure um the next game let's talk about is the lakers and the clippers game what do you want uh, what do you got to say about this one all right first thing i'm gonna say is bro i told you man last last podcast i was telling you bro the clippers bro they different this year bro paul george is different mvp bro i'm telling you bro i've been saying that I've been saying that, man. What, what do you have to say? Um, yeah, no, you were definitely – I, I want to I – mean, I'm just going to push back on the MVP thing. It's only been one game, so it's going to be – we got to see it play out the entire season. But I'm, I was very – I'm very happy that I was wrong from the last pod when I said that the Lakers would take the W. That being said, I don't really think LeBron was trying in this game. Uh, very few times he put – he really put the Jets on and just went to the rim. He didn't do that a lot. But one thing that – um, there's two. There's two things actually. For one, for the Clippers, is that I don't think it can be understated that now they have 48 minutes, an entire game of rim protection with Sergi Baca and Ibiza Zubats playing. Last year, that was not the case, with Montrezl Harrell playing 30, 30, 30, 30, 30 to 32 minutes a game. That was a big problem for them. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and one thing for the Lakers that I will say is their center rotation might be a problem. Uh, it's one game, so we can't really make a huge assumption, and I don't mean to, but we all know Montrezl Harrell is a mess defensively. Uh, he can't really guard anybody. He got he got pushed around a few times. Kawhi legit pushed him out of the way one time in that first quarter, um, and uh, Ivica Zubac dunked on him once, which was pretty cool to see. Uh, Marcus all did struggle a little bit. He did pick up five fouls in that game, and I don't think he played after that. I may be wrong. But um, one thing and another thing that I really liked about this game is Ty Lue. Um, one thing I harped on Doc Rivers a lot for um, during the course of the playoffs and during last year is his lack of adjustments. Ty Lue made adjustments throughout this game. Uh, he put in Reggie Jackson in that second quarter. Uh, Reggie Jackson played all but three minutes. I'm sorry, he played only three minutes in this game. And honestly, I spent more time hating on Reggie Jackson on Twitter than, in the, than he played in this game. Uh, he was awful. And Ty Lue pulled him and didn't play him again. So again, I'm very happy with that win. Uh, it could have gotten, it could have gone a lot worse. So I'm content with that W for sure. I've been telling you, man, this Clippers team is different, bro. And yo, on the so. low, <laughs> on the low, man, I feel like all right, Kennard didn't really have that good of a game, but I feel like the way he can play, and a way we all know that he can play, I feel like he's gonna have a pretty good role on this team. Well, it remains to be seen, but we'll definitely. I can definitely see him being a lot better and a better fit to make this Clippers team a little bit better. Yeah, Kennard, Kennard was – I mean, we all know he's not a good defender. He just – in my opinion, I think he played a little passively in that game. Um, he wasn't really looking to create I, – I guess he just wasn't trying to step on other people's toes, you could say. Um, I've been, I've been, I haven't been saying that we should trade Lou Williams, but I, I've said that if we can find a defensive forward – that would be solid, and if we if we had to, we'd get a we get rid of Lou, bro. I don't want to say that now. Lou was awesome in that game, but yeah, it's all about, that's about all I got to say. 
you want to move on to the next team, next game, I should say? Yeah, yeah, let's go for it. All right, let's let's talk about Warriors Nets. Um, I got a few opinions on it, but I'll let you go first. What do you think? I mean, I just want to say one other thing, man. For last podcast, man, I'm two for two, so I just got to put it out there. I had a feeling that Warriors are going to struggle against the Nets, and not that the Warriors are necessarily a bad team, but, I mean, they definitely lack a lot of depth now. You can tell it's pretty obvious now. Um, but, yeah, the Nets, like KD, Kyrie, Karis LeVert was really good. I mean, it was a pretty obvious that, to me, at least, that the Nets were going to win. Um, I don't really have much to say about this. What do you have to say? No, um, I'm I'm one for two. I said that the I said the Clippers would lose, and I said the Nets would win. I was right about one of those two. Um, one thing that I that definitely jumped out to me from Brooklyn's side is that even though they have a lot of players who can create their own shot, not only for themselves but can create for others, the ball movement really stuck out to me. They were moving the ball well. Uh, they had 24 assists, which um, which is pretty good, um, all things considered. Uh, they. One thing the Warriors, I, I said this even, I've, I've been talking about this with some friends, is that this year they have to be a team that pushes the pace in games. They have to play in transition because if they get stuck in the half court, they'll struggle because they don't really have a lot of guys who can space the floor. So when that's the case, Steph is going to see multiple bodies and he's going he's gonna to be attracting a lot of the attention, which is what happened in this game. And I don't, I mean, I'm not going to say Steph had a bad game because it's only the first game, but he did struggle shooting from the field and from the three-point range. Um, Andrew Wiggins was awful in this game Kelly Oubre didn't have his best showing either I definitely think Kelly Oubre will be better and they those guys have to pick it up if they if they want to have a chance to make the playoffs in this very tough Western Conference yeah yeah no definitely man Andrew Wiggins had a pretty bad game and honestly like no this happens every single season you see some like off-season workout of him going like you know like working out super hard and going beast mode and he does the same shit every single year. <laughs> so there's that. I mean, Kelly Uber is a dude that I really like as a player. Um, he has that energy and it's pretty contagious. So, I mean, he's not really the best player, but his energy is definitely contagious and he can play defense pretty decently. And I know we'll, we'll have to see if he makes any improvements this year. One dude that I was pretty surprised about was James Wiseman. He honestly wasn't that bad at all. I mean, he put up like 19 points. Um, he was rebounding the ball. He was moving. He did make some rookie mistakes, but it's a rookie at the end of the day. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about the Warriors. But they, like you said, they definitely need to work out their some of their issues. All right, last game we are going to talk about. Then let's talk about the Jazz and the Blazers. So in this game, do you want do you want to take it away or do you want me to go ahead? Oh, uh, you can go for it. All right, we're in this game. Uh, we saw Rudy Gobert have a pretty great game. Uh, and other players such as Donovan Mitchell chipped in as well. Um, so uh, you, you, I know you were um, kind of down on Utah coming into this year. I, I yeah. thought that they would be a playoff team coming into the year, and I still think they will be. Um, one guy who I think is very underrated for them is uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. You got to remember that he was missing last year in the bubble, and he didn't play. Um, and that was, and he was, I believe, he was their second or third leading scorer during the regular season. Um, he's very underrated. I was trying to get him in fantasy. Unfortunately, he was taken right before I could have taken him. Um, he struggled shooting from the field, but, I mean, his percentages are going to go up. Um, everybody really struggled shooting from the field for the Jazz besides uh, Jordan Clarkson and Rudy Gobert. But I think – I think, and this is this is not something that I'm saying only because it's the first game, but I've thought this for a while now, that there's a ceiling for the Blazers if their two best players 
are Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. They're both shorter guards that can get swallowed up in the uh, by lengthy defenders in the play, come playoff time, and we've seen it happen before. So that's just my opinion. I just want to know what you think about this game. Um, so like you said, I had Utah not making the playoffs. The reason for that was because I thought their competition would got a lot better. I mean, they didn't really add anyone this offseason besides what did they add? Like freaking um Derek Favors, who isn't Jack a bad Harrison. player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, but like how many minutes are they gonna get re- realistically? Like, I'm pretty sure um Shaq Harrison played like two minutes. So but um hypothetically, I, I don't see this team making the playoffs just because their competition got a lot better. Um one thing that I want to say about the Blazers is I feel like their team got a lot better and Damian Lillard did not perform in this game. It remains to be seen if it's because of his injury from that he sustained in the last, uh, the playoffs, or if it's just because, you know, like he's a little rusty, but whatever the reason is, I don't see this Blazers team being that bad all the time. They, they definitely do have a ceiling with Lillard and CJ being their best players offensively. Um, I feel like Robert Covington didn't have that much of an impact. He's definitely known as an impact player and one that's not really uh, a statistical player. So I hope that eventually that fit will be a lot better, especially with Carmelo coming off the bench. I think that was a great move um, to slide Covington in there to kind of complement CJ and Lillard. But we'll definitely have to see. I just want to say one thing. Um, Damian Lillard scored nine points in this game. That's cool. Uh, He had a bad game. It's not going to happen a lot. I just want to say that Paul George had seven points in the first half of the game versus the Lakers. And he was getting, he was getting shade thrown at him left and right. Could you imagine if Paul George had scored nine points in that game and the Clippers and the Clippers had got blown out by 20? Could you imagine how bad that would have been? Um, mm, I just want to bro. Yeah, it would, it would have been crazy. The pandemic P uh, playoff P PG 13%. Though those, those names and, the slander would just be going crazy. But, no, I agree. See, I I have the Blazers making the playoffs comfortably. I'd say they'd either finish realistically somewhere from three to five. But I don't think they got significantly better. Sure, they added Robert Covington, who's an impact player defensively. He's not a great individual defender. He's more of a great team defender. Uh, they added Derek Jones Jr., um, who's, a, who's a rangy defensive athlete. He's not a great three-point shooter. So, in their in their starting lineup, uh, they they have Covington, who's a streaky shooter. He's a Nurkic who can't shoot. Derek Jones, who's not a good shooter, and they have CJ and Dave, who are both good shooters. So it's gonna it's gonna be weird. And their bench, they have Gary Trent, who I think is pretty good. Uh, I think he can have a good impact, particularly offensively, with his ability to shoot. Um, Ennis Cantor, he's good offensively, can't defend anybody. Carmelo Anthony is like 100 years old. He can't defend anybody. He can hit a shot. Um, and Rodney Hood, you know what I mean? Rodney Hood coming off an Achilles, it remains to be seen how much of an impact he can have. And Harry Giles, um, I don't know much about Harry Giles. I know that he at one point was the number one high school recruit in his class um, and he suffered with injuries. So he struggled with some knee issues. So it remains to be seen what he can do. And it's obviously one game and I don't want to say, I don't want to make any crazy assumptions off this one game, but they they definitely have to play better to compete in this tough West. But I, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, all the things that you mentioned, I agree with for the most part. Um, uh, with that, do you want to move on to the predictions for Christmas Day games? Yeah. Um, so let me just let me just uh, read off the the lineup of the games that are going to occur. Uh, it's going to be the Nets and the Celtics are going to be playing, which is cool. Pelicans and the Heat. I would have rather seen the Suns play. Uh, the Warriors and the Bucks. 
the Mavs and the Lakers, and then the Clippers and the Nuggets. Which game you want to start off with? Um, let's go with the game that starts first. So that would be the Pelicans game with the Heat, right? Yep. All right. Um, honestly, the Pelicans surprised me with the win over Toronto. For the most part, I think it was just because Fred VanVleet had a bad shooting night. Um, Zion is definitely a great player, though. Um, Zion. I feel like I like calling him Zion because, like, I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. But I don't know. I'm gonna have to check that out. My bad. But um, yeah, dude, he's like a 20 and 10 player, like. He's very capable of doing that. And, you know, the Pelicans, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But, I mean, they played great that first game. So, I, in my, I'm just going to say for my prediction, they're going to keep this continuity up and they're going to get another win. What do you think? Yeah, no. Um, also, Brandon Ingram was awesome in that game. He had 24, 9, and 11 assists. He was one assist shy. I'm one rebound, sorry, shy of a triple-double. He was awesome in that game. Um, yeah, I think – Ah oh, man, this is just such a hard game to predict. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean the opposite way just for the sake of argument. I'm gonna say Miami takes this one. Um, Bam Adebayo is a pretty great defender. I think he'll have a great game um, uh, defending Zion. And who do that? Who are the uh, Pelican centers? I'm drawing a blank here. Sorry, Stephen um, Adams. Um, yeah, Jackson Hayes. Yeah. <laughs> Steven Adams and Jackson Hayes. I, I really don't have much of an opinion on this game because I don't follow Miami and New Orleans um, that uh, as intently as other teams. But just for the sake of argument, I'm going to give this one to the Heat. Hmm. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so at least we got a difference here. So remember, I'm the prediction king. So, you know, <laughs> should be placing bets on my teams. All right. <laughs> so we'll go into the next one. So at 2.30, it's going to be the Warriors versus the Bucks. Um, I think I think both of us are probably gonna have the same prediction. It's gonna be the Bucks. Um, yeah, hands down. <laughs> the the Warriors they're gonna obviously have to look to change up a few things. Andrew Wiggins is obviously gonna have to be better than he was in that first game. Kelly Oubre, I think Kelly Oubre will be better, but the Bucks have some lengthy defenders on their team that can, you know, make life difficult for Steph. They can throw Drew Holiday at him. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo can play a little bit at him. Pat Connaughton. Uh, he might not be the greatest defender, but he's athletic, so that counts for something. So, but I, th- I think the Bucks are going to take this one. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I don't even think it's going to be the Bucks defending the Warriors. Well, I just think that no one's going to be able to stop Middleton and Giannis at the same time. So, yep. so I think that's what is going to cause the Warriors to lose the game. I feel like the Bucks are going to drop like one thirty on the Warriors. It remains to be seen as well if Draymond Green is going to play in that game because mm, he didn't play. I completely in game forgot one. about him. Completely yeah. forgot about him. He's been so irrelevant the past year. Yeah, it's um, it's you, you hate to see it. Draymond's really fallen off in the last year or two, but hey, yeah, I, I think I think this one's gonna go to the Bucks. The next game that is going to be at five p.m. is going to be the Nets and the Celtics. This one is a lot more difficult to predict, in my opinion. But since you're the Celtics fan, I'll let you lead off with this one. Well. This is tough because if we watch that preseason game, and remember, it is preseason, so it doesn't really mean anything. And, of course, like, Brad Stevens is a dude that likes to do random, like, random shit in games that don't count, like the preseason or the games at the end of the year. So he likes to do random shit. So Celtics did get blown out in that preseason game. Man, this is tough. Honestly, man, I'm going to use my biasness here and say the Celtics are going to win. I mean, they're coming off a great win. So are the Nets. But, you know, I feel like the Celtics can get continuity here. Another thing is, this is the first time that Kyrie's playing the Celtics ever since he left Boston. So, hopefully, 
as a is this game in Boston or is it in Brooklyn? I believe it's in Brooklyn. Let me let me check that out. Uh, it's out in Boston. Yep. Oh, Boston. okay. So this is his first official game in Boston, like first like regular season game in Boston since he yep. left. Exactly. So I'm personally I'm super hyped for that. Um, man, it's gonna be a good game. I'll tell you guys that much. I'm gonna go with the Celtics. What about you? Uh, this this one is very difficult to predict because I think both these teams are very good. Um, just again for the sake of argument, I'm gonna roll with the Nets. Um, they looked amazing in that first game. The Warriors are not um, the Warriors are not a great matchup for them. But that being said, I think again, like I said earlier, the ball movement really popped out to me. They shared the ball well, and with the amount of uh, with the amount of defensive with the amount of shot creators they have, they still showed a great ability to share the ball. So. And really, it depends on what Kevin Durant looks like against better defensive players on the the Celtics, like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who are going to be trying because in that preseason game, I really didn't think they tried much. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, um, we're going to have to see him against those defensive guys. And then obviously, Kyrie is going to have to be defended by a guy, by Marcus Smart. So, But I'm going to roll with the, the cool. Nets on this one. For sure, for sure. All right, man. I especially hope the Celtics win now. Let's go to the next matchup. So that's going to be the Mavs versus the Lakers, and that's going to take place at 8 p.m. Eastern time. What do you think? I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Lakers for this one. Uh, looking at the Mavericks roster, they, uh, their best matchup for Anthony Davis would probably be like Maxi Kleber or Dwight Powell with Chris Stapps Porzingis still being hurt. Uh, Bovon, I think, is a little too slow-footed for that. Um, they really have no answers for a guy of Anthony Davis's caliber, and they kind of don't really have an answer for a guy of LeBron's caliber as well. Uh, they're, if you look at it, they're not, they don't have a lot of size in the wing. Their only wing defender who's not like a big would be like Dorian Finney Smith, and he's six foot seven. Um, he gives up some size and some weight to LeBron. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with the, the Lakers on this one. I think they'll be motivated coming off the loss to the Clippers. So I think they'll, I think they're gonna take the one, this one. Man, you made a good point because previously I thought that the Mavs were gonna win. Uh, I'm at the edge of switching, but you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep my gut feeling. I'm gonna go with the Mavs, dude. I feel hey, like you haven't been wrong yet. <laughs> I mean, it's been two games. Let's be honest. But all right, man. I'm, a, I'm gonna be honest though. Dennis Schroeder has been like, he's been a beast, man. And I was so my thing was I thought that if the Mavs could shut down Schroeder and limit Anthony Davis's touch, they'd be able to win. But you know, we'll have to see. I'm gonna just go with the Mavs for this matchup, just because I believe in Luca and I think that they have some plan or some tricks up their sleeve. Oh, I'm sorry. They also have Cauley Stein, but I mean he's a center, and I'm pretty sure Anthony Davis is gonna be playing power forward for the most part. In that Clippers game, I think he only played like four minutes at center, so I think they're gonna run him out there with another big. Um, one thing that I think that the Lakers do have a problem with when Montrose, and I don't want to keep harping on this, but when Montrose Harrell is in the game, he can't do anything but play center because he can't offer you any spacing. Um, he, um, so Anthony Davis is still forced to play the four position. And on defense, he can play the five because Montrose Harrell can't defend anybody. So, um, so they have to definitely figure out that dynamic because I think their center rotation with when – Carroll is out there is going to be a mess because he can't offer you much on defense while having an inability to play any other position but the five. But I, again, I'm just going to keep rolling with the Lakers for this one. Word, word. Uh, I guess that's fair. And they are favorites too. So like if you get this prediction right, it's nothing impressive. So I'm just going to put that out there. 
All right, the last game then that we are going to talk about is going to be the Clippers and the Nuggets. Who do you think is going to win this one? I bro, I think it's obvious, man. I've been saying since the beginning of the season, this Clipper team is different, man. I'm telling you, and I'm not even like I personally don't even like the Clippers that much, but I'm just telling you, man. I feel like they came this season and they had their mindset like this is the year that we're gonna break that curse. We're gonna get out of the Western Conference Finals. We're gonna make it to the NBA Finals. Yeah, and to the Western Conference Finals. We still have <laughs> yeah, that. to the Western Conference Finals. Um, Paul George came off hot, man. He started off hot. Patrick Beverly, he's playing his defense. Lou Will played great. All these players are playing good. And now if we take a look at the Nuggets, I mean, they lost a pretty decent defender in Jeremy Grant. And now Michael Porter Jr. has to become that guy. And Jamal Murray, I mean, I know you have some stuff to say about Jamal Murray just because I know we were talking about earlier. So let me hear your thoughts. I have the Clippers winning. Yep. Um, See, man, I I tend to be very pessimistic about my team because – Every time I've been optimistic, I've been let down by these guys. Um, that being said, you make a great point about them losing Jeremy Grant, and now um, they have to rely on Michael Porter Jr. to fill that role of that defensive guy on the wing because there are other guys who are 6'8", 6'7", 6'9". They're more built in the center, uh, center mold than the wing mold. Like, for example, Paul Millsap, you wouldn't say he's a – you wouldn't say he's a, a wing type player more than he is like a power forward. You know what I mean? Jim Michael Green, same thing. He's more of a forward that can play center rather than a big man that can, you know, guard people on the perimeter. So they're going to need Michael Porter Jr. to really step into that role. And even last year, um, they did struggle to defend the Clippers in the playoffs. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to stay on this. That one of my biggest, another one of my biggest problems with Doc is he would rarely put Michael Porter Jr. and Nikola Jokic in the pick and roll. He only did it like, and I, I he, he probably did it more times, but I only ever saw it happen once. And it was really infuriating that he would not do that. Um, so one thing, so I'm going to roll with the Clippers on this one. Uh, Jamal Murray, while he was awesome in the bubble and he was great, except he only had like really three good games against the Clippers, but nobody wants to talk about that. He was nowhere to be seen yesterday. Uh, he was one for nine for nine points in that game. Uh, he, was, he wasn't really doing much. Nikola Jokic was awesome in that game. And they only lost to the buzzer because of that buddy heel tipping. But I'm a, I'm a roll with the Clippers. I think they, they have size in the perimeter that is going to make it tough for the Nuggets to defend. All right, worried. So we got a consensus on that. The only thing I want to say, man, is if Jamal Murray gets that good bop before the game, that's the only way that <laughs> my personal opinion that they're going to win. <laughs> oh, man. So that's it, huh? That's all we got, man. Do you have anything else to say about this game or you're pretty much good to go? Yeah, no, I do. Um, the Nuggets are, I think they're a great team. Um, Jokic is a matchup nightmare for anybody. So I think he's going to be the X factor in this game. Um, he, uh, towards the end of that series, I mean, obviously no Montrezl Harrell couldn't defend him, but Ivica Zubats really could not defend him. Um, it was it was definitely it was something crazy. I think in game seven he didn't even really score that much. I think he had less than fifteen points, but he had like twenty rebounds and like ten or eleven assists. Like I thought he controlled that game from start to finish. It was it was really something to see. And he's an absolute anomaly. But that being said, I still think the Clippers are gonna take this one. I hope Paul George continues his hot shooting. Um I hope in this game he attacks the rim more. He only shot like two free throws in that last game. I hope Kawhi stopped shooting so many threes. He shot eight threes in that last game and only hit one of them. 
I hope he attacks the rim more. But I'm a, and if they do that, I think the Clippers are going to beat the Nuggets. So, word, word. All right, man. I think that's it for this podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, guys. I appreciate you guys for listening.